for me, it's, it's, if you want to have, you know, significance in life and you want to, you know, have, have achieve goals in life, whether that be financial goals, wealth goals, health, relationship, job, spirituality, whatever it is that you're intending to do, it starts with who you're being. That is Dan Roshan of TheRealEstateEvolution.com. That's TheRealEstateEvolution.com. And you can also find him in his Facebook groups, uh, CPI, Consistent Predictable Income. And we're going to have a fun conversation with him about personal growth and real estate investing and just his life story that's uh, really a victory over, uh, over alcohol abuse. And please check out our new website, www.WeeklyWealthPodcast.com. And we hope you enjoy the show. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with certified financial planner, David Chudik, where we discuss the wealth building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Wealth Podcast. And as you know, we, uh, uh, the purpose of our podcast is to help talk about the mindsets, the tactics, and the strategies that can help you to build wealth. And of course, there are many, many, many mindsets and tactics and strategies to building wealth. Um, we are very excited to have Daniel Roach on today. And um, he, uh, his website is therealestateevolution.com. So, uh, and Daniel's uh, up, in, up in the D.C. area and big into the real estate uh, industry. So, uh, Daniel, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and, and about your history and, and, and before we even start, and we, we thank you for your service to our country. Ah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, thanks for having me on, David. I really appreciate it. And um, so, yes, for me to tell you about myself. Um, so I'm not going to start, you know, at, at the little, the little baby boy, Danny. Right? I'll, I'll probably start when it when it's probably more appropriate, uh, which would be really around 2005, uh, where where I had a, a discovery in life that you know at the time I was in my early 30s and I was waiting tables and I had invested in a few real estate properties at the time and uh, I made an evolution in my life because I had you know made a significant change in my life where I was an active alcoholic before then I, I gave up uh, alcohol and um, you know it was 15 years ago and, and at that point I started to understand to say okay well I've, I have this entrepreneur spirit within my bones and I have this desire to be significant in the world. I have, uh, I want to be able to help people to solve their problems or achieve their goals. And so I started a journey of looking at, you know, different businesses and uh, got into real estate sales uh, shortly after that in 2007. Wow. And, and that's up in, up in the DC area. Yeah. Yeah. Right in uh, Northern Virginia. And as I mentioned to you, I was, I was investing in real estate since the early 2000s and I thought I was a smart real estate investor. Uh, through the early 2000s until I found out that I was a, uh, a speculative real estate <laughs> investor with bad habits. <laughs> and so, uh, so I uh, got thumped in the head pretty, uh, pretty significantly on, that, uh, on the uh, downturn there in um, 2007, 2008. And, uh, you know, so we lost a ton of money on that downturn you know, learned a lot of lessons and was able to, you know, build it back up as well. So I have a, um, my oldest child is a high school senior or he'll be a high school senior. And prior to starting uh, his freshman year in high school, we said, we're going to take a trip anywhere you want to go. So he's a big soccer fan and man, you Manchester United was coming to Washington. So we flew up to DC. We walked 15 miles around, did all the sites. It was awesome. And then 
we look, just look at, you know, you see some houses for sale. So you're like, you know what, let's, let's take a look and see how much that house costs. You know, like a million and a half dollars for a house that I wouldn't even want to live in. It's so small. Was that like a two bedroom condo? Oh, two bedroom, 800 <laughs> square foot place where, you know, I'm in, I'm in South Carolina. Um, yeah. Lake Kiwi is a gorgeous lake. And, you know, $400,000 gets you, you know, a, a 5,000 square foot house. I mean, yeah. just, it's, it's just funny how different parts of the country get you different, uh, you know, what the value of real estate is for sure. So. Yeah, it's all perspective for sure. Cause uh, 400,000, that's, you're in the starting range right there in wow. uh, Northern wow. Virginia. But I wonder, I mean, salaries can't be that much different. Do you just have less spending money when you live there? Uh, you know, it's a lot, mostly uh, two income families. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I, I think that the there are some uh, some the salaries I think are just a little bit higher because you've got a lot of government employees, contractors, uh, specifically the contractors more so than the uh, government employees that make just a ton of money that you know uh, as a as a contractor for you know various you know large companies that will either make manufacture you know um, things for the government or lobbyists and that type of thing so. Uh, so there are, there is a little bit of a higher pay scale, um, but yeah. it's not proportionate, you know, yeah. to, uh, to the difference in prices. Yeah. There may be some, some dead also. Yeah. So we were talking, you know, your journey kind of started with personal development, really not, not necessarily real estate and, and real estate was part of it. So, I mean, how do you, how do you equate personal development and even quite frankly, stopping drinking, which is certainly personal development. Uh, how do you equate that? And, and how does that lead into a profitable real estate and then real estate training career? Well, for me, it's, it's if you want to have, you know, significance in life and you want to, you know, have, have achieve goals in life, whether that be financial goals, wealth goals, health, relationship, job, spirituality, whatever it is that you're intending to do, it starts with who you're being. And that journey was when I, I, you know, I candidly, David, when I was a young man, I would wake up every single morning and I would say to myself, I'm not going to drink today. I'm not going to drink today. I'm not going to drink today. And I broke my promise around 10 PM every single night. And next morning, just, you know, dehydrated and head pounding. I would reverberating. I would say the, uh, the same, um, condition again and, and say that same, uh, uh, you know, those same words. And I, it was, I was lying to myself and, it wasn't until um, until I really hit a hit a bottom, at least physically, that I uh, understood that I, I needed to change. And I changed in a second. Uh, it was it was and a why? second that why I changed. Why did you change at that point, and you couldn't prior to that? You know, um, so I realized that I was 32 years old. I realized if I didn't, I would be dead before I'm 45, and now I'm 47. Wow. I have uh, you know every male in my family, uh, uncles, grandfather all died from alcoholism before 45 and I didn't want to lead that life. You know, I love, I, I, even though I was, it was little clouded life in my, you know, late teens, twenties, early thirties, I still embraced life and I still loved it. And so I made a decision on that day to say, look, I'm either going to do what I'm doing. And, um, and I, I enjoy drinking, right? Like, you know, but I enjoy the, you know, the aftermath. Right. And I'm, you know, I'm either going to do what I'm doing or I'm going to take a different journey. And, and I, I said, I enjoyed drinking, but I love living and I love living with a clear head and, and being able to achieve the goals that I intend to achieve. So are you cold Turkey since then, or yeah. could you sit down and have no half of a beer or just not even, not even a, not even an option or. 
That's great. I don't want to, I don't, would never want to test myself. Wow. You know, no, I have too much. I've, I've been able to develop too much in my life since that day. Right. For me to even risk, you know, right. I, I've yeah. got a family today. Sure. I've adopted my daughter. I've got a beautiful home, you know, businesses and, you know, coaching company. I help others to achieve their goals and solve their problems. And, uh, you know, it's just, I cherish that. So I would never, I would never risk that. Well, and two things, number one, you know, that unfortunate period of your life, you're actually making a positive out of and helping people with. So that's, that's great. The other thing, and it's always, it's always just troubled me or, or just confused me back in my twenties. I went through a few years where I drank as much as you or anybody else, you know, sure. and, and, but I could literally never have a drink again. Doesn't matter. I don't really like, you know, I, I'll have a drink here and there, but it's interesting how some people like yourself say I would not even go near it. And me, just whatever it is, a gene or some biological system, it doesn't need it and doesn't, you know, I had my fun and thank God I've lived through it, but um, it's not, it was never an addiction. It was just, you know, a young mid twenties yeah. acting like an idiot. I think a lot of young, a lot of young men and women have, you know, experienced that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's a pretty common rite of passage in our society. And so, I mean, for some it's, it's, you know, they have with the addiction, you know, the addictive personality, it's a challenge like it was for me and for others. It's just, you know, uh, probably, you know, who's influencing you, you know, your peers and the, you know, the socialization that you have with them that, you know, makes it, you know, that's what we're going to do. And um, that's pretty common. And there's no question drinking or anything else that's not, or a lot of things that are not good for you. They are fun. I mean, you know, I mean, there's <laughs> at least in the short term, I mean, there's sure. So, um, yeah. there is some some appeal to not give it up uh, at least yeah. at least in the short term so your waiting tables you're, you're drinking more than you should and then you kind of get to the point where, where you don't uh, you know you literally never have a drink again how does that then all of a sudden did you buy one house that you lived in did you buy investment properties yeah. what made you say you know I'm gonna start investing in real estate because that you know I mean a lot of people know that you can make money in real estate but I don't know that anybody really as a child says, Hey, when I grow up, I want to sell real estate. How'd that, how'd that work for you? The, so I was investing before I uh, uh, stopped drinking. So I was a, a waiter. I was a professional waiter, worked in a really high end steakhouse in Washington, DC. I, so making know, decent money. Is, yeah. 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 Okay. M making really good money, you okay. know, cash in, in, in DC and, in, um, uh, you know, all the lobbyists, you know, many, many famous people. I mean, okay. these are the, this is where the talking heads would, would literally, it'd be the morning and you'd see the talking hens on CNN on the, on the split screen, you know, insulting, spitting insults at each other. And it was funny because then the next night you see them sitting literally at the same dining room table and you're waiting on them and they're just best friends. So is it all a game just to get viewers? <laughs> I mean, do they even believe what they're saying on TV or don't know? I, I don't think care? it's all positioning. It's all positioning. You know, it's, I, I, I'm sure they believe what they say, but, but it's not necessarily like, you know, I have to hate you. You know, but 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 in the in the media, they portray that you know as though if you know. Sure. A, okay. But you know, I'm gener I'm generalizing as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you're making decent money, waiting tables, had done yeah. a little real estate investing, and and how did you grow for you know in there to to be you know getting more and more big time into real estate? Well, so when I so when I when I stopped drinking, that was when I started to you know to find a way, and I had looked at. Quiznos, Five Guys. I looked at all these different franchises and realized it was going to take a quarter million to half a million dollars to be able to invest into them. Yeah, you know, I was making good money, um, but I was also drinking most of it away. So I didn't have the quarter million or half a million dollars. And I knew that would be, you know, a decade plus for me to be able to save that money up. 
So, um, so that's why I started and say, okay, well, that's not going to work, you know, cause nobody will loan me the money. And then, uh, I found real estate sales as an option, which was about $2,000 for me to invest to get it started up. It was a 60 hour curriculum. And the upside of that was relatively, you know, unlimited. And so that's when I got into real estate sales in 2007. And that was again, the time that like we, the, the real estate that we owned crashed. And at the same time, I was starting a new career and, and, you know, running, you know, relatively quickly. So it was, you know, it was sort of like we, we were losing money at the same time as we were figuring out how to gain money. You know, it was almost like we were losing wealth and gaining cash, right. cash flow. Right. And so, um, you know, so that, that was about maybe a year and a half as an agent. And then I, I bought the brokerage that I worked in after I was licensed for a year and a half and owned that for 10 years. And sold it about a year and a half ago. And, you know, part, we were talking about, um, you know, your current real estate positions based on some market forces, your, your light in, in real estate holdings personally right now by choice. Um, well, sort of, uh, because basically I had taken a lot of, um, uh, a lot of single family homes, townhomes, that type of thing. And, and I would just sell one for the next and I would, you know, do a 1031 tax deferred exchange to be able to do that. So that we didn't have a tax. Right, we got to speak our- English here. Ten thirty one tax deferred exchange. What does that mean for uh, for non real estate investor? So there's a um, so there's a strategy that you can be able to employ to allow for you uh, to avoid the taxes. And you're not avoiding the taxes. You're actually deferring the taxes. So you still owe the taxes, yet you don't owe the taxes until you eventually sell whatever the asset is. So let's say you bought a property for a dollar and it appreciates to two dollars. You could sell that property now and you're going to have a capital gains tax or you could sell that property now and then you can invest the, the, the money into a new property. You buy that for $2 and then you let that go up to $3 and you keep that, that strategy. Um, it is a little bit, it is complicated, you know, where you have a certain amount of t- uh, days to be able to identify the next property. You have a certain amount of methodologies that you can be able to do. So you have to have all your money in a third party account. So you can't touch any of the cash unless you're going to pay what's called a boot. You know, they, you can take out some of the money and then pay taxes on that piece that you pay, that you take out. Um, and then you've got to acquire it within 180 days after identifying it uh, from selling the first property. So there's some technicalities to it for sure. Um, but it's a, it's a good tax strategy to be able to defer the taxes. And that's for any property other than your personal residence? Is that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so um, it's called a like-kind exchange. So you'll hear it called a like-kind exchange. 1031 exchange 1031 there's there's a couple different terms that you'll you'll hear it but it would be for an investment property for an investment property so you, so that's one of the things with the you know with the technicalities where you can't do that with a personal residence however with a personal residence if you've lived in it for uh, two out of five years and you can um, you're most likely not going to pay capital gains on that so you right. have a pretty big ex- exemption Right, right. Of course, so I'm some, not a CPA, so I gotta yeah, give that. Yeah, let's put the yeah <laughs> disclaimer. We're not giving any advice at all, so don't listen to us. No, this is general and consult I'm just your some own knucklehead that's been doing that's this right. for a while <laughs> with a darn good-looking beard, though. I'll that's tell you. right, man. And this is what you're looking at for me is No Shave November from 2014, and this is this is how this is as good as it gets. So there uh, there's, there's definitely some jealousy there. You know, your average person that maybe has a little excess cash flow you know, middle-aged family, um, middle income, maybe two incomes. And, and they're thinking, you know, I mean, I see these no money down, buy real estate, make a million dollars. I yeah. watch HGTV and you could buy a house and flip it and make $90,000 every week and you never lose money and it works every time. 
um, which clearly is not the case. How does someone who, who doesn't have millions of dollars maybe get started in, in investing in real estate in a way that can uh, you know mitigate some, anytime you're investing, there's always risk, but how do sure. you mitigate some risks and maybe start to build? Well, the first thing is, you know, because I have people come to me often and so you have really two types of, of people that will come to me. One would be somebody that's a high net worth or a high, not even a high net worth, but a high income uh, individual. And they have, they, they have excessive cash, you know, cash flow, or they have, you know, extra money in the bank either way. And for that individual is a little bit different than the, the other that can, I'll explain both. The other one that comes to me would be somebody that is, um, you know, is, is, is really a little bit less practical and they're in, and they're, they're ambitious and they sort of have, you know, like the shiny, uh, you know, the shiny things in their, in their eyes. And oftentimes they may not have good credit or, or even money. And, and, and that's not, you know, like for them, if that's a situation, then, then you want to improve your credit. You want to, you know, uh, you know, get a, get a financial income that's going to be able to sustain it. Cause you do need money. Uh, now there's some, there's some sort of, you know, there's some things where there's ways to do it, but it's, it's really hard work and it's a needle in a haystack. And so I could teach you that, but I wouldn't recommend it. So then you're looking at the ones that have a little bit of money to invest and those individuals, the strategies I would um, advise for them would be to, uh, to look for a property that is going to be between 15 to 10% less than the market value. And that's a good acquisition. And then, uh, well, let's stop there. Market value is kind of an opinion until it actually sells, correct? Well, it is. Uh, I mean, market value is determined by a buyer. So it doesn't matter what the appraiser thinks or the, or the seller or the real estate agent. It only matters what the, the buyer thinks. Um, and that would be a true statement, technically, if they bought it for 10 or 15% less than what the property should sell for uh, to another buyer, then that market value is 10 or 15% less because that's what a buyer paid for it. Uh, that being said, it's um, uh, there, you can you can find you know property from somebody that you know might have a uh, you know like a motivation to to sell quickly and and, mm -hmm. and you can negotiate a better deal with them that type of thing. So, in in, in in simple cases, is it better? You know, I know flipping houses is like the thing, and that's the word since since the TV channels. You know, buying a house, fixing it, selling it for a profit, or buying a house and renting it. Um, indefinitely for, for cash flow and maybe not even necessarily having significant cash flow per month, but building up equity and, and using tax depreciation and everything right. else. Are, are they both positive strategies if they work? Yes. Um, the, the investing into properties and flipping really only works financially, at least in my marketplace um, and even like the surrounding marketplaces, if you have cash in the bank, only because if you go to a hard money lender, they're going to charge you uh, you know, two, three points, which is one or which is two or three percentage of the loan, um, at least some up to five points, 5% of the loan. And they're going to charge you typically eight, 9%, 10% interest rates, right? So it's really, it's it, that most of the money on a flip good actually goes to the lender in that case. Um, it can be done. Um, but if you're looking at like flipping homes, if you have the cash bill invest into it, it's, it's more viable. And that's really a cash flow strategy. So the strategy that I employed in, you know, 15 years ago was I flipped many homes and I would flip them into the next home, into the next home, into the next home quickly, and then, and then stack that into a, a buy and hold. And then I was able to hold those buy and holds until I could get a commercial property, which has a very, very small mortgage on it, which is a good property for us. 
Okay. Um, and that's why I started to tell you, you know, sort of the story earlier. So like what we've done with the properties and that's where we are today. And now I'm sitting on the sidelines because I think that the market's going to be shifting um, coming um, over the next six, nine months. And we'll be taking a look at acquisitions then. Right. Um, now, the difference between flipping and uh, buy and hold is buy and hold creates your wealth and flipping uh, provides you with cash flow. And flipping is much more risky. Buy and hold is much more stable. And so, and what I mean by uh, cash flow versus wealth is if you're looking at, at a, a, at a um, property and you're looking at the potential return on it, and let's say it's a property, I'll just use easy numbers, $100 to go into it, then you need a dollar for a down payment and you have a 3% return. In that case, you're thinking, you know, in a year from now, right, you remember you only put a dollar into there, if it appreciates 3%, then in that appreciation, it went from $10 to $10.30. Yet, you only put a dollar in there. So that dollar that you invested actually um, um, appreciated by 30%. So it's highly leveraged when you right. can understand you know, how, the cash, uh, how the cash flow of it works. So, and you also have um, the realestateevolution.com. Yeah. And, and talk to us about that because, again, we talk about mindsets, tactics, and strategies. And yeah. um, for some people, either a new career or their current career, listening to some of your tactics could be, um, could be a way to, to significantly build wealth um, in, a, in a career. So talk to us about the realestateevolution.com. Um, so that's a book that I wrote, you know, from my experience in business for entrepreneurs and real estate agents specifically that uh, shows the way uh, through a systematic way. So the proprietary process of CPI, which is a consistent predictable income, for a real estate agent to, to obtain, you know, a, a, a predictable future. And so, uh, but it applies to, to entrepreneurs and really applies to anybody because there's really three segments of the book. One that is about my personal journey and the other is an exact, here is how you can be successful in business. Here is how you can be successful as a real estate sales agent. And then the personal development. So the personal development, again, as I started earlier, is, is the foundation to success in any, you know, any area of your life. If you're not uh, if you're not embracing to be able to be the very best version of yourself, then you could risk living a life by default rather than living a life by design. And so when you understand that you, you know, and we, you know, people have different circumstances. So I'm not disrespecting the circumstance yet. The question would be is regardless of whatever your circumstance is, would be, has anybody else in a similar circumstance ever been able to achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve? And if the answer to that question is yes, then the next question that you should you could consider to ask yourself is how, right? And so that's, and I talk about that in the book, if yes, then how? And so simply all you have to do in that case is if I can sit there and say, for example, if I'm from this demographics, uh, you know, that I was brought up in this community, whatever the case may be, and it's maybe it's a downtrodden community, was well, anybody else in this community born around the same time as I've been in the same whatever, succeeded at a high level in business? And if the answer to that's yes, then how did they do that? What did they do? Um, but even before the how and the, and the what, you have to, I would suggest for you to ask yourself, who are they being? Okay, because that's really the, the, the foundation of, like that's the starting point. It's about who you're gonna be, and then what actions are you gonna take, and then what outcome are you going to have? Okay, so it's, it's taking a model of, okay, can this be done? And, and, there, and is there proof that this can be done? Because if anybody has done it, you know, in a similar circumstance, the, the evidence is yes. 
then who are they being? What did they do to be able to achieve that outcome? Right. No, that, that is fascinating because really who we are is what we do and what we do gets us what we get. Right. So, yeah. Um, and you could even, there are plenty of successful real estate investors, entrepreneurs that are still alcoholics too. Right. So part of, of course, it is, yeah. um, part of it is, is, yeah, I need to stop drinking. And because uh, none of it really matters if you're, if you're dead or if you have liver, liver disease or anything like that. So, yeah. so making those non non-business decisions for lack of a better term is part of living the being the best version of yourself right it, it, it is and i'm gonna say that with a caveat because i i, I would be uh, i wouldn't be appropriate for me to suggest to somebody else what their best version of their life could or okay. could not be sure right and so there's no judgment on on whatever the circumstance is you know active alcoholic for example great um are you living the best life that you that you that you want to choose to live right. okay now for me the answer was no and for many, the answer would be a lie to themselves of, yes, I am. I don't want to stop. Yet, if, they, if you actually continue in the, in the questioning, you found out really what's at a deep root within themselves, you're going to find out that there's something that's more significant that is causing them to not, you know, have an honest conversation with themselves, right? And so, so but I still respect wherever you are in your life, which would be um, wherever you are in your life and, you know, um, you know, if you're intending to listen, live, to live the best version of yourself, there are certain methodologies that you could do to be able to employ that. And I go through that in the book. And that's like you know, meditation, affirmations, visualization, um, exercise, uh, eating healthy. Like there's certain things that you can actually do that will change the programming in your head. Uh, because if you look at like what your outcome is, a, it's a closed loop, right? So it starts with the programming and then the programming leads to the thoughts, the thoughts lead to the feelings, the feelings lead to the actions, the actions lead to the results, and the results go back into the programming. So it's hard for many people to get outside that closed loop, okay? But the hack to that is within the programming. That's surrounding yourself with different people. That's having different thoughts. That's exercising, reading, meditation, affirmation. That's how you can reprogram your mind because when you reprogram your mind to have healthy thoughts, thoughts come after the programming, then the rest of the cycle changes. So not that many people would argue that exercise is a good thing and eating right is a good thing, even if they don't necessarily do it. What yeah. about the people that say, you know, hey, meditation's weird and affirmation's weird. I'm not going to. Sure. And, and I say that with a caveat is uh, I work with a, a business coach and part of our morning routine is meditating. Yeah. And I started, I'm like, this is weird. I'm not going to do this. That's strange. But the it it's it's unreal. I mean, it just how fast time goes by and my resting heart rate is down. It, it's been very, very valuable and I would have never done it. It goes back to that same, it goes back to the same conversation I was having. So David, so you look a lot like me, except I have a better beard, right? And no hair. And I was going to, yeah. <laughs> you were going to get me on that, right? Uh, you look like you're probably a little bit younger than me, right? But we probably have a lot of, a lot in common through our, like, you know, uh, through our growing up. And so you could be somebody that I could look at in that, in that example to say, well, did David, who's a business person at one point in his life, think that this is weird. And then he did it and he thought, wow, this is making a difference. And if the answer to that is yes, then what did he do? Who's he being? And so that right there could at least pique my curiosity to say, well, maybe this might actually help. 
Okay. And it makes, I get it. I get it. It's like, it's weird. And, and, and that's cool. I respect it's it. It's right? different. But, if it's something you've never done, it has to be weird. Right. Because I'm, yeah, I'm the only whatever. normal person I know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Whatever. But, but it's just going like, if you have an open mind to try it, you know, it's just like, you know, I got a nine-year-old daughter and you know, she's, she looks at that, uh, at that bowl of broccoli. I'm like, sweetie, you've never tried broccoli. How can you tell me that you hate it? No, that's fascinating. And I've been a, a big, personal development uh, advocate for, for a long, long time. And, and yeah. when you're an entrepreneur, you know, it's all, it's all on you. You know, there's no, I always joke that, you know, if you work for a big company and the printer blows up, you put in a purchase order and the money to buy a new printer shows up from somewhere. Yeah. I don't know where, but a new, you get a new printer. And hey, maybe you even get a day off. <laughs> yeah, you get a day off. Absolutely. And you call it and they set it up for you. And yeah. um, when you have a, you know, a little office like mine, you have to go figure out which printer, go, go figure out how to install it. And, 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 find money. So, um, you know, this is the life we've chosen, but, uh, you definitely, it's, it's absolutely, if it's, if it's going to be, it's up to me type of mentality, which I like on the good days, on the bad days. I don't like it. You got to face the fear and take a step anyways in those days. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if anybody were interested in just learning more about you, maybe getting a copy of your book or, or diving into some of your, uh, some of your other materials, where, where would they reach you? And, um, uh, yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, sure. There's a couple of ways to get me. Uh, one is that you can always get a copy of the book at www.therealestateevolution.com. And it's a fantastic book for anybody that knows a real estate agent that is looking to live a bigger life, to have more certainty in, in their career. It's also a great book for any business owner that is uh, just looking to have a guidepost in regards to having to be able to, how can they, they get the very best out of what they're doing. And um, you can also find me on social media. If you're a real estate agent, there's a fantastic group that I run, which is um, a real estate agents, a rock solid real, of real estate agents. And uh, you can find that on Facebook. And you can also hit me up on Facebook as well, Dan Roshan. Perfect. Good deal. Well, this has been really interesting. And, and we talked about some specific real estate tactics. We talked about some tactics that real estate agents can use to grow, but also those tactics really just work for everybody, uh, Absolutely. The, general, the general portions of them. So this has been awesome. I enjoyed it and I really do appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thank you. I hope you'll check out Dan's website, therealestateevolution.com and learn about his programs. And also, as always, make sure to email me, david at parallelfinancial.com with your questions about anything money related. You have a blessed week. The information contained herein, including but not limited to research, market valuations, calculations, estimates, and other material obtained from Parallel Financial and other sources are believed to be reliable. However, Parallel Financial does not warrant its accuracy or completedness. The materials are provided for informational purposes only. It should not be used or construed as an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security. Past performance is not indicative of future results.